This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening. Welcome in. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley alongside Therese Paler, one of the best NFL writers in the country. You guys can get involved in the show, the Protein House Eat with a purpose text line is 69306. Therese, I was much more excited about being able to talk about the game last week than I am this yeah, week. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell there's a difference <laughs> already. Hey, but you know what's interesting, though, man? Uh, I was actually able to listen a little bit today during the drive, man. Uh-huh. Uh, good show, by the way. Um, you know, fans fans get riled up after the losses, though. That's, that's where you get the fan engagement, man. It's funny because... I kind of viewed this game as being very similar to the Lions game. The only difference was the like yeah. actual outcome, right? Yeah. In the Lions game, you were the team that got the fumble recovery that ended up going for the touchdown. That was basically the difference in the game. And this one, the fumble recovery went the other way, and that's how you lose it. Yeah, I, I wrote the column for Yahoo Sports about, you know, I, this is, to me, this is the November loss that portends playoff doom, potentially. Right, and the reason I say that is because like three areas that haven't been great this year, they came back to bite you here. Ball security, they fumbled the ball. They've lost nine fumbles this year. That's tied for the second most in football. Okay, special teams, not used to seeing special teams have issues, but they've had them, and it came back to bite them here, right? And, of course, the run defense, right? Um, You guys look, you guys know I grew up in Detroit. Like I grew up rooting for the Lions, but I've been covering the Chiefs long enough to be able to empathize with Chiefs fans who would be fine if they lost that game any other way than seeing Derrick Henry run for 188 yards. I, 225 yards total rushing. Like, it, it was a difficult way to watch it because, to be honest, you've seen it happen that way against that team way too many times. I don't know what, what they've got on Andy Reid, but whenever the Titans face the Chiefs and Andy, they, weird stuff happens. Or maybe not just worse. They just play this power run game. They lose games. It's it's. I get it for Chiefs fans. I get why you guys are upset. I really do. So, Cena said this in our pre-show meeting, and I thought it was a really good point. One of the reasons why I think the Chiefs have struggled in this particular matchup, and it's the only team that Andy Reid has never beat more than twice. Saw mm-hmm. that stat on the on the um, game yesterday. I was stunned by it. But one of the reasons specifically why this Chiefs team has struggled against the Titans is because Styles make fights. Yep. And against the Titans, the Titans have been this team for about a decade, right? And for whatever reason, this power running game has just gotten the better of the Chiefs. It's been six years now of the power running game being a problem for them, and they seem to have no answers. It doesn't matter who the coordinators are. It doesn't matter who the players are. They just, they've had no answers for it for whatever reason. Whenever they faced the Titans, the problem was, you know, you had reason to think that it wouldn't be the case. Right, they they faced this team and lost to them the same way so many times. Heading into this game, we talked about this. I yep. just felt like there was no way they would let it happen that way again, especially since in the previous three weeks. I mean, last week we were talking about 
Like it was, a, it wasn't a bad question. You asked me if the run defense was fixed. Like that wasn't a bad question. You know, like we were talking about that. They just, and, they just shut down Dalvin right. Cook. Hey, like, Dalvin it, Cook is amazing. Was, and we, let me you tell guys you saw something. this on Sunday night. It's something. crazy. Let me tell you something. Derrick Henry is not half the back Dalvin Cook is. Okay, like it, it makes no sense. None. Um, and some of the personnel decisions about who played and who didn't didn't really make sense. You know, Colin Saunders need to play more. Mike Pinnell need to play more. Need to Could play it, right. Need to see, yeah, What's I know. Going on? Need to see. Need to see Reggie Ragland more. Seventeen. Like, listen again. I, look, you're a Chiefs fan. You grew up here. Like, let's just let's real talk. If they lost this game, you would have been upset, right? But like, I think you would have felt, and I think because speaking for Chiefs fans, right? If they lost that game because Ryan Tannehill pulled some plays out of his tail, you just like, all right, any given Sunday, right? You just like, all right, you know, any given Sunday. I can't. But seeing that game happen that way again, it's difficult to I understand how it's difficult for fans to like see that and be like, God, this were we sure this won't happen again in two months? I get it, man. I totally get it. I get it. I actually come out on the other end though on this one. I actually do think that was in any given Sunday game. And it wasn't because of the running defense. Like, I think that's going to be something that we're going to be talking about moving forward. And it may just be one of those things that, like, every other week we have a different answer, right? And hopefully we get the right answer in the playoffs and it becomes more like what we saw against the Packers Mm -hmm. and the Vikings than it was what we saw this week. But it's the other stuff. The other stuff is what made it in any given Sunday loss to me. It was the missed point after try, Mm -hmm. the bad snap on a field goal, the blocked field goal at the end of regulation, a fumble that was returned for a touchdown, five Chiefs drives that went inside of the Titans' 30-yard line that resulted in field goal attempts. There was definitely some weird stuff happening in this game. It was all that stuff that made me feel in a more positive way than I would have expected. That's so fascinating. Here's the furthest I can go with you on that. Mm -hmm. I I think it's the – I think it's the November loss that portends playoff failure, if that's the way it ends up going. But I, I think the little sprinkle, I say there's a little sprinkle of the any given Sunday stuff, just because of the way some of these things happen. They typically don't happen. But, you know, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, the three areas that really came back to bite you in this game were things that they've been issued. They've been issues the whole year. Like, that's the thing. It's not like, you know, it's not like Pat had a bad game. Then it's like, yeah, hey, you know. Hey, you know, other guys get paid too. No, Pat threw for 450 yards. Okay, like the the pass game was on point for the most. Now there was some drops. That actually, there were a few drops. Yep. That's uh, that's unusual for like Ty Hill. I had, I watched Ty Hill for what God five years now. He he don't really four years. He don't really drop passes. Especially you know what in I mean? the like just wide open, like, not a contested that's catch. That's not at all, Ty. Just, you know that's yeah. not Ty. Sammy Watkins. Yeah, two of them. He put, but, but the throws. I mean, the one was right on the money. Like, if that happens ten times, he probably catches it seven or eight. So, it 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 is potentially the portend playoff failure loss. But I do think there's a sprinkle of any given Sunday in there. But no matter how you slice it, no matter how you slice it, it's a concerning loss for Chiefs fans. It's a concerning loss for this team because, you know. We have to talk about the AFC West a little bit now. We have to at least talk about it. Do I think they're in danger of losing the AFC? Let me be very clear. No. Okay? Like, let me pull a stat for you. Okay? Four of the Chiefs' last six games are against AFC West opponents. Guess what? Andy Reid's 23-3 and against them since 2015. They're going to be fine down the stretch. And they're not Peyton win. Manning, yeah, AFC they, West. He's right. pretty good. They're going to win. They're going to win, you know, double-digit games. They'll be fine. But the fact we even have to talk about there's a little pressure on them. 
because the Raiders aren't, like, good, but they know who they are. John Gruden's done a really good job with that team. Their defense isn't very good, but they went on first down. They run the football. He doesn't call things that they can't do well. They, they stick to who they are. And the Raiders are going to win, like, eight games this year. Their schedule down the stretch is easy. Like, I swear, like, their 17th game is against, like, Wofford. Like, I just <laughs> – like, like, no, I'm serious. The like, Terriers coming yeah, up. Here come, the, <laughs> here come the Terriers, you know, like – so just – like, there's a little pressure here, BK. There really is. But, you know, this team's really got to look at themselves in the mirror because it's November. It's cold outside. You know, it's snowing, man. This is your time of this year. This is my time of year. But, but you know, this is when football starts getting played now, right? Because you've got a lot of – guys are banged up now. Um, you, your teams are settling into who they are. You know, they got to get this stuff fixed like pronto. My biggest concern that came out of yesterday's game, Therese, is the same concern that I've had for a few weeks now. It's a big picture one. It's their inability to finish. And yep. that includes plays. That includes drives. That includes games. Yep. The plays. One play in particular that I thought, it, and there were 12 of them that you probably could have picked Tough. that they, did, they didn't finish on on, on Sunday. It was a third and 10. They're up 29 to oh, 20. I know where this is going. Tannehill scrambling. Yeah. Rashad Fenton makes contact. He's four yards to go before the, before the first down marker. Again, this is third down. The Chiefs yeah. are up. They have the potential to close this game out. It is over if they don't get this first down here. Four yards to go whenever contact is made with Rashad Fenton. And I'm not blaming Fenton for this. Like, well, I mean, he was out. He was out. outweighed by like 40 pounds. Yeah. Tannehill's a big dude now. Frank Clark. Tyron Matthew and Ben Neiman were all they, – they, they say that you want to triangulate the ball carrier. They did exactly that. The problem is then they stopped. They just stopped and didn't, didn't go after him, and he ends up getting the first down there. They score six plays later. I didn't get it. And you know what was weird about that, though, to me? Most of the times when you see, like, quarterbacks run, oh, guys can't wait. Oh, they can't wait to lay into them because just a free shot. And that's, that, that's an opportunity where you could really smack them pretty good and, like, the refs wouldn't throw a flag. Like, well, you never count on NFL refs. But, like, in general, like, there's an understanding. Hey, he's a runner. So, I I don't know. Like, those are two guys that I do know love football. They care about winning. All I can offer is that at this point of the year, I've been covering this league long enough to know that typically when you see stuff like that, if guys who make business decisions are doing that, knowing who they are and how they care about the game, there's something going on with them physically that maybe they're not talking about. But that's the only that's the only thing that comes to mind. It's a pretty striking visual, though, because, like, you know, third and ten, you know, you can get off the field. And the other two issues, the drives, they're only scoring a touchdown on 40% of their drives that get into the opponent's 30-yard line. That's yeah. weird. That doesn't make sense for this offense. Yeah. And then games, seven of their last eight games have been decided by seven, po- seven points or less. you got to finish those. You know, BK, I don't, I don't like kind of like the – I don't like the – the, some of the like the inconsistency we've seen this year like this is a very talented football team and like as someone who loves good football who loves football like I miss watching this team like a year ago at this time right when they had Kareem Hunt and we were like talking about the greatest show on turf in like a real kind of way like the comparison was real like I talked to Al Saunders about this like he couldn't like shoot it down dude like this was real I kind of missed that and I think the reason people are, like, disappointed with this team is because obviously the expectations are high, but also because you're kind of chasing that football that was being played, like, last year at this time. I think we might find that again. I'll tell you why coming up on the other side. Plus, the Chiefs inexplicably went away from the defensive game plan that had worked the last three weeks 
against the exact thing that the Titans wanted to do on Sunday. It's I didn't so understand weird. it. We'll discuss it all. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. He is Therese Paler. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Therese Paler. I am at BK Sports Talk. You can also get involved in the show. The Protein House, eat with a purpose, text line 69306. We'd love to hear your questions. Therese will answer them coming up at the end of the show. All right, Therese, so I teased coming into this segment. The Chiefs inexplicably, and I mean that with full emphasis, inexplicably Mm -hmm. went away from their defensive game plan that they used the last three weeks that you said is going to work sometimes and other times you're going to get beat by it, and I agreed with you, but they went away from that for whatever reason coming into this game. They made Mike Pennell inactive. They went with Joey Ivey even more than they were playing Colin Saunders. And they abandoned the blitz for much of the first half. And then they decided to do it at the end whenever they knew that they needed to be able to. uh, I I didn't understand any of it. Did you? No. And look, I I can't like explain it, to be honest, because I wouldn't have gone down that way. Like, I would just be like, all right, Ryan Tannehill, you throw for 300 on me. Good luck with your receivers. Have fun. Good luck with those guys, right? Like, you do that. Um I don't know why Mike Pennell didn't play. I don't know why Colin Saunders. I don't know. Like these, these are like very instrumental guys to the front, actually looking respectable. And again, you would think the way that the Chiefs have lost to the Titans, just getting pounded, basically losing the man ball over and over again, you'd just be like, all right, we just can't go down that way. So I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Like I, I do like to think of myself as the answer man, but sometimes things go beyond like my understanding and this is one of them like these were guys that have been good against the run and Ryan Tannehill's not good like I know what his numbers are like I got it I I watch a lot of football I say that a lot but I do hours and hours and hours the 20 he sucks okay so like I don't know I don't know what to tell you and that's what's strange about it is it, it almost felt like coming into this game, whenever I saw the inactives, it was like, oh, they must be thinking that this is going to be a Titans game where they start throwing the ball around. And oh, by the way, they're without Corey Davis, who's their like, best who receiver. Like, who cares if they try to throw the ball? Great. <laughs> that's good. Like, yeah. that's, that's good. So, like, guys, it's like the, uh, like in Major League, you know, Bob Uecker's like, obviously they're thinking, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. That's clearly what I, because it's like, it made, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, man. Hopefully we don't see it again. Like, I think we know who we need to see on this field for mm-hmm. them to have an opportunity to stop the run. And that's one of the reasons why I have optimism moving forward is like there was a clear personnel issue that they had on Sunday that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like they don't have the guys. They have them. Like, they, yeah. they might not be perfect you know, players. They have them. They just didn't happen to play on Sunday. Let me, let me say this. Like, this is one of those games where you get it out. Like, you get your anger out. You get your frustration out. I'm seeing some of these texts. Like, one of, one of these poor guys here, they traveled down there and they got chased out with a tomahawk chop by Titans fans. Oh. Like, I feel bad for you guys, right? Like, I understand. Get it out now. But but that's absolutely correct here, okay? Like, this team's going to win double-digit games as long as Pat stays healthy. I'm not worried about them losing in the wild card round if they have to play in it, like, at all. Like, the danger part comes in the divisional round. The danger part comes in the AFC Championship game and going to the place where the phones don't work. It's going to be great. I mean, look, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to walk up to the stadium, and my phone's going to say I don't have service, and I'm not going to know why. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be there. I hope I'm there. It'll be fun. Like, it'll be great for the game of football. Who doesn't want to see Mahomes versus Brady, too, in the AFC? We want to see that. 
Um, so that's a long windup to say it's not over. As long as you have Mahomes healthy, you can win anywhere in the wild card round. And as long as you have Mahomes healthy, I don't care if you have to go on the road in the divisional round as long as you're not playing New England. You got a chance to win that game. And look, even if you go play, you have a shot to win. Mahomes gives you that. So it's going to be a lot harder. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's interesting because we were talking about this today on our show, and it was one of the biggest disagreements that we had between the three of us was, do the Chiefs still have what can be a Super Bowl potential team? Is this team still capable of yeah. winning the Super Bowl? My opinion on that was yes. Who said no? CDOT says right now he doesn't think this is a team that can win the Super Bowl. No, that's not. Yeah, we were talking about, like, I under, yeah, okay. I understand why CDOT said it. Like, I get it. Like, this loss stunk. Like, I got it. But, like, you know, the beautiful thing about covering football for seven, eight years is that I don't do this, okay? I don't do this. I don't got to do this. I watch every game. I know it is legal. The Saints just lost to the Falcons. He, he, he's symbolizing the right. roller coaster right. I'm for doing those a, of you I don't that do can't this. see us. I don't do this. I do straight like a straight when it comes to the game of football. The Saints just lost to the Falcons. Let me tell you something. Outside of the Bengals, the Falcons have had the worst tape in the NFL, okay? Like, even, like, the Dolphins have had moments of, like, spunky up until this week. Like, the Falcons just beat the Saints. And the Saints went 5-0 and without Drew Brees. So, like, things, things go up and down in this league, right? So, at, you have to look at who a team is at its core, who is coaching quarterback is in their best wins. Well, I think Andy Reid and the reigning MVP give you a shot to win anywhere. It doesn't scare me. And some of the pro- progress they made against the run, like you said, gives me optimism that when it really comes down to it, they'll have it. Now, Am I as confident in it as I was a month ago? God, no. No one is, right? Let's just be honest about it. But to say that they can't do it, that's the beautiful thing about pro football, man. It's the Patriots in the – honestly, it's the Patriots in the AFC and everyone else. Like, it's, it's a big I – mean, parity reigns supreme. And that sometimes the coach and the quarterback is enough to lift you above the other team. I think sometimes we are not, – not, not you and me, Therese, but fans in general are so locked in on their team on Sundays – that sometimes they don't see a ton of what's going on around the league. They don't see the weaknesses for a team like Baltimore or a team like the Texans or a team like the Colts. Yeah, that's true. And yes. so they, they're, they're so fair. locked in on the Chiefs can't do X, Y, and Z well, but I see the Ravens every week and they're winning yeah. and the Texans every week and they're winning and so they must be doing everything well. No, the Texans almost lost to the Raiders very right. recently. The Ravens lost to the Browns. Like These other teams have weaknesses as well. Hey, by the way, the Patriots have them too. Yeah, like they last year, like they hey, they lost to the Dolphins last year. You know, like the good, even like Super Bowl. Like these things happen in this league, and you're hey, that's the thing. Like guys, you don't watch enough football around. The league. No, this happens to every fan base. It just feels like it's just yours because you're just watching your team. Parity does reign supreme in this league. That's real. Um, but but I'm not trying to take away their anger because they have reason to be concerned. Absolutely, they, re- they really do. Uh, and I'm not trying to. I'm not gonna bury them either. I still think you know. At the end of the day, I tell, I still think they could be the second best team. I, they might get the number two. They might run the table the rest. I don't know. But there's reason to be concerned. And there's reason. Like, now we're at the point of the year where you want to tell me you don't have faith in a run defense. I'm not going to, like, rebut you too much. It's okay to me. Like, this is the time of year we got to start seeing it. This, Consistently. This is the same week last year that the Patriots lost to the Titans. Same team. I'm not telling you that the Chiefs are going to go on the run that the Patriots did last year. I'm not saying that at all. I'm simply saying that, be, go, kind of going to your point, Therese, 
this is when it needs to start changing. If it's going to change, if they're going to correct these issues, and there are plenty to correct, the special teams has to be better. The run defense has to be better. The ball security on offense has to be better. Yep. All of these, the, the drops, all of these things need to get corrected. Yep. Now's the time to make sure that it happens. And, and here's why. Because you want to know why Bill Belichick is so good? It's, it's because his teams, he's got the maxed out man in coaching tree, which means that they never beat themselves. Or they very rarely, especially when it matters. They're going to make you beat them. All right? That's how you win in the playoffs. That's how you win. You make the other team beat. You don't beat yourself. And the Chiefs have shown a stunning, or concerning at least, ability to beat themselves. This is something, this is something that this becomes a habit now. So they, they got to start ramping this thing. They got to stop beating themselves. Fumbles, offensive, way too many fumbles. Special teams, can't have this stuff. Can't have any of it. And look, here's the deal. I'm being, like, really honest about it, and I, I'm getting, like, I'm getting. You know, I like I'm, it. I'm, I like this no, version of Trent. But, but here's why, it. though. Here's why, though. Because this is no different than what they're hearing in that building right now. And he's not going to show you the, you know, he's not going to show you what he's going to say to them. He's going to get in front of the media and be the same guy every day. That's that's leadership. That's how you do it. But please know the position coaches, the coordinator, they all know this is not winning football. It, you put that on tape. It's it, that does not look like a Super Bowl champion. They know that. They know that. They, and that's if you want a reason to believe, is that. They know that. They've shown the ability to get things fixed. Hell, they go in, they beat up on the Chargers in Mexico. Hey, you know the Chiefs? I still think they can get you, – you guys on the drive will be talking for two weeks about can they get the number two seed if they win that game. I'm ready to have that conversation now. I'm are ready you really? Have, yes. No, no, but the rest of your – what about the rest of your no, team? No, the other oh, guys are not. How yeah. about the rest yeah. of the city? You were a man on an island. You were a man on – you were definitely a man on an island. But but here's the thing. Like, if you watch enough football, you realize that's not crazy. That's They still might be the best second-best team in the AFC. Yes. They still like, – who – at the end of the day, you got to be a balanced football team to win in the playoffs. Offensively, I still think the Chiefs have a chance to be really, really balanced and really, really dangerous. If Mahomes is healthy and he's playing, team, teams don't want to face you. That's what I wanted to get to next. Because if you want a reason as a Chiefs fan, like, and I, I don't want to be like overly positive here today. I, I get it. Like, if you're if you're upset today, I totally hey, understand. Hey, no, we're gonna that we're gonna spot. listen but, to that. Text me that if you if you're mad. Text absolutely. Six nine three zero six is the protein I'll see with the purpose text line. Get that in as well. If you want a reason for optimism, it is Patrick Levon Mahomes. Like, it it is very simple. You watched the game yesterday, and you're like. Holy crap, this dude is three weeks removed from dislocating his kneecap and goes 36 for 50, 446 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a 116 passer rating. That 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 was Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes was himself yesterday. It wasn't enough in that game, but that's the reason why I'm optimistic. Guys, it's Andrew Patrick Mahomes. It, 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 it's all of that. The jump pass Jeter throw would have been the career highlight of 98% of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, right? Like, well, yeah. About 95, right. Like, that's a lot. Like, it, he's back, and he's clearly, yes, that that was a reason to feel great about it. And that's something that, like like you said, had we, had the Chiefs won, everybody would be like, hey, man, Mahomes back. Would have been a rolling. Story. Hey, you know, hey, did we count him out of the MVP race too soon? Like, that's that's what the story. It, it, game's a game of inches, man. The, that margin of error is so small. It changes the, completely the storyline. And what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, the way they lost 
because of the things we're hammering home right now, special teams, ball security, run defense, this pressure, because this is what they're going to all get asked about for the next week, could end up being a good thing. But they gotta, they gotta, they really got to drill down like right now. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Like he said, get your questions in the Protein LC with a Purpose text line is 69306. We'd love to hear from you. Therese will answer those, the best ones coming up at the end of the show. Coming up next, I think the Chiefs are being too selectively aggressive. This should be an aggressive team, and they need to be aggressive more often. I'll explain coming up. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. He's Therese Paler. Get involved in the show. We'd love to hear your questions. The Protein LC with the Purpose text line is 69306. All right, Therese. So one of the things that did frustrate me a little bit from yesterday's game, among other things, was the fourth down decision-making by Andy Reid because... I'm of the opinion at this point that more often than not, if you've got a fourth and short with this team, especially if you're on the other side of the 50, just go for it. Just go for it because you're going to need to score points and touchdowns are always going to be worth more than field goals. I could, I could be wrong on my math there, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. The Chiefs, though, decided to go for a field goal on fourth and two from the Tennessee 12. Decided to go for a field goal on fourth and three from the Tennessee 23. They went for it on fourth and two from the Tennessee 43. I liked that decision. And they went for a field goal again on the uh, fourth and three at the Tennessee 25 in that one. The field goals, the decision to go for those, the unwillingness to be aggressive in those spots, I think is something that needs to change down the stretch. As somebody who, again, grew up watching the Lions and watching them start every Thanksgiving Day game, like the big game in the Lions season, they get the ball first. They'd always lose a toss. They'd get the ball first. They'd march. They'd put together a drive, boy. They'd put together a great drive. And then it stalled out right around the red zone, and they'd kick a 22-yard field goal or something. And guess what? They'd end up losing by like a point or two. But they'd end up losing, um, you know, because of the lack of aggression. So um, I understand it. Like, I get it is my point. Um, I would like to see them be a tick more aggressive. Not as much as you. Sure. But like a tick more. Like, I, I actually – I I think – in general, the best strategy is to think about what the other team would not like you to do. And generally, they, they're terrified. When they're, like, if this was Madden and the Chiefs were going for it, every, you were playing the CPU and they were going for it every time on third, on fourth and two, and Mahomes was throwing, you would be terrified. There's no way to stop that, you know? So I, I didn't necessarily – so at the end, I didn't even have an issue um, with the third and two pass. I didn't have an issue with it. Um, and I, look, I'm old school. You know I want to run the ball. But with this team, who they got, I was okay with the pass. Especially my issue, with the O-line at right, that point with the injuries. My issue was with the style of pass. I wasn't crazy about it. Like, I, you know, can we get a slant? Can we get a two-man combo route? Can we get a, a, a crossing pass? Just something where it's just like click, click, boom. Not a slow developing play where they'd have an opportunity. If they'd studied, to probably see it coming. I didn't love the player. Like, that, you, oh, you, you didn't like the player. You, you got Travis Kelsey. You got right. Tyreek Hill. You got Sammy Watkins. You got McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. We can continue going down the list. Like, yeah, Blake was, Bell was maybe 10th on my list of players that I would like to see targeted listen, in that spot. And he did it for, to the short side of the Andy. field. We all know how good he is offensively, you know, but he, he was doing too much there. It's okay. Like, it, it probably don't want to design it. We don't need to out trick him on the, let's just, hey, it's two yards. It's Mahomes. You can out execute them. Because your players are better than theirs. Like, your your skill players are better than who they have. So, um, 
Run you know, one of your 27 slip yeah. plays where you've got <laughs> Tyreek Hill going behind the line of scrimmage with a jet sweep and yeah, then you and fake it to like, him and he's just do? right there, right? Like, I just felt like there were a lot of, a lot of like options on that um, that that went beyond that. So here's the thing again, like the scrutiny is okay because they lost. And, and they lost in some a way that we've seen multiple times that quite frankly is getting pretty old. You know, even the people who didn't grow up here rooting for this team. Like it's, we've seen a lot of it. So um, all of this is open to scrutiny because they lost. And the other thing is this is the field goals that they're settling for is one of the reasons why so many of these games are close, which ends up meaning that a lot of these smaller things become really big things. Seven of their last eight games decided by seven points or less. The Chiefs are seven and six now and Patrick Mahomes has last 13 starts, which is crazy to me. And so when you're kicking a field goal from the 12, 23 and the 25, like this is allowing the other team to stick in the game with you whenever you have this what I believe can still be a historically great offense, they want you to settle for those field goals from that spot. That's a win for the defense at a lot of these. They only punted the ball one time yesterday against the Titans. This was an offensive performance that was pretty impressive. Patrick Mahomes was great. The running game was solid for most of the day. I would just like to see them, because of what the offense is and because of how much trust I have in both Andy and Mahomes, go for it more often in those spots specifically that are fourth and short. I'm, I'm less concerned about that at this, like, right now. Like, I think, like, when we start getting to, like, the money times, and I guess we're starting to get there December, January, like, great. Like, let's ramp it up. Like, right now, um, I, I'm all for, like, you know, kind of using different ways here to be aggressive, um, mainly because Pat, this is his first game back, you know. I, so did I want to see him throw – 50 times 55 <laughs> no, like you know me like I love watching the kid play I just no I didn't really like, I get it you know I just there there had to be some the, the play call could have been better I mean it didn't work so Andy would tell you that too um feeling like this Chargers game might be it might be a FU game like it, it just an early feel here just sensing knowing Andy watching every one of his games coaching the Chiefs I just feel like we've been in this situation before, and typically he comes back and he's facing a divisional team, like teams that he's owned. Like I, it's a night game. It's a Monday. You know, it's a it's a extra it's a day spot, to prepare too. It's a spotlight game. I, this feels like is going to be like a fu. And plus, they get to go into the bye week too. Like I, I'm feeling pretty good about this upcoming game against the Chargers. Do you feel good about the special teams and their ability to improve? Like I. Right now, obviously, you can't feel good based on what we've seen. But oh, my Dave face. Tobes, one of the you, – you had to couch it because my face was just complete indignation. Um, Dave think, Tobes still one of the best coaches yeah, in that happen. unit in the, in the NFL. Do you, they got to get it together. For, for Chiefs fans out there that are panicking right now, yeah. how much belief should they have in the, the Dave well, Tobes magic that he's going to be look, able to fix this Last wrong? week, Butker won the game on a field goal. So, like, you know – um, and then Dave Tobe, obviously, pretty intensely competitive. I think you think he's happy with this? No way. Like he'll probably get up there and talk to the media <laughs> later this week and like really like kind of be like really honest about like and pointed about like what happened and like ways they could have been better. Like please know those special teams guys are hearing it. I actually do think they'll be better by the end of the year. It just you just hope that some of the stuff we've seen doesn't resurface in, like, a critical spot in the playoffs. Do you think Tyreek Hill is going to be their punt returner in the playoffs? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, especially from the divisional round on. Like, because this, these every possession matters, and you got to win that third phase here because the Chiefs offense isn't as good as it was at this point last year. It's good. It's still really good. But, I mean, it's not, you know, Kareem Hunt just, 
you're not watching the same offense that we were then. That's okay to admit. That doesn't mean it's, it's still a Super Bowl caliber offense. But with him, it was a generational type thing, you know. So with the offense not being that, now it's about, okay, we're, we're going to need that third phase. We're going to need it. We're going to need to win it. And like a touchdown to swing the game. It'll swing the momentum. And I, I like the fact that they're just not running tie out there. I, I, we don't need that right now. Like, they, you know, just special moments for right now. Then as soon as January hits, let's go. Like, you need one one zero back there. Uh, the one thing that I would disagree on is if it's going to be punted potentially inside the five, just have time. I can't watch another fair catch uh, inside of the five-yard line. I can't I, do it, man. I'm I'm it, I'm at my wit's end with I that. totally understand. I get that, right? The, the problem is these reps are important for McColl because he's going to, like, do it in the future, too. Like, it's not just about That's this fair. year. He's going he's gonna to do it, too. And, like, you want him to do it because when he actually gets it, he's, like, confident. Like, he's actually pretty explosive. So, I, I think you, you, it's a delicate balance between protecting Tyreek, trying to win these regular season games, um, and then trying to give McColl more experience that he's going to need. I tend to skew toward protecting Tyreek, who's a player that you are not making the Super Bowl unless he's playing. If something happens to him, we, we have seen what happens to the offense and how teams start defending them and how different it is. We've seen it. We don't want to see that again, right? Uh, first of all, right. Second of all, last thing that I wanted to get to, and on the other side I want to ask you about the injuries that are not Patrick Mahomes related because there are quite a few of them to get into. Tyreek Hill's last two games, 17 receptions for 300 yards and two touchdowns. I said last week I think he's taken the leap into being Incredible. the best receiver in the NFL. Are you there yet? Dude, me and Charles talked about this on the Yahoo and Phil podcast. If you listen to this show, you better be listening to that Absolutely. One. Better be listening to that one. Um, we talked about this a year ago. And we were like receivers in the NFL. We were here last year. It is Tyreek. It is Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is sensational. So – we're not going to just disrespect Michael Thomas, but if we want to have a conversation about those two being at the top and everyone else below, then we can do that because I think it is him and it's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is sensational. But those two, they got a pretty clear case to be the best. The thing that's special about those two in particular is the way they're able to do everything. They can oh, play in the everything. slot. They can play outside. Yeah. They can go underneath they across the middle. They win contested balls. They, they, win deep, they do it all. Everything. Their red zone threats, like anything you want your receiver to do. We were having this conversation on the drive, and CDOT brought up Mike Evans, and I was like, yeah, but the only no. thing that Mike Evans does well is he goes up and gets it, Let me tell but you he's something. not the same type of receiver that Tyreek Hill is and that he can do anything Michael from Thomas, anywhere. Michael Thomas is the evolutionary Chris Carter. When you throw the ball to Michael Thomas, he's catching it. It don't matter what you do. You put it in the vicinity, he's catching the football. Lock it up. 120 receptions a year. It's coming. You know it's that. That is special. That is rare. He is incredible. And, like, it's saying a lot that Tyreek is right there with him because he is. Tyreek scares defenses. He bends coverages. He, bend, he, he completely changes the looks you see defensively. And if the Chiefs don't have him, you know, there's a limit to how far they can go without him. So that's why, you know, got to be careful how much they use him on, on special teams. By the way, BK, I haven't forgotten that, you know, he got hurt in week one. That was a scary injury, you know? I thought he redid it this you, week. You know, like, it's, uh, it, it's terrifying, right? Like, you don't want to – so, I'm, I'm all for protecting these guys, and I, I think they'll be fine. This experience is good for McCall. I get it, though. I get it. But, um, you know, when it comes down to it, and when the rubber meets the road, 1-0 will be out there returning punts. You were the first one that made this comparison. It always stuck with me. I think he is becoming Antonio Brown 2.0. Oh. Like, without the off 
He's a yoked up AB. Same things. Yeah, like he's he, he's a yoked up dude. Like he's a yoked up AB. Um, that no one can cover him one on one. It requires double coverage. Um, the Patriots are uniquely like qualified to handle him because then they can stick Gilmore on the other guy, wipe him out completely because Gilmore is sensational. Double Tyreek, and then it comes a Travis Kelsey game. They like their linebackers against him. They like Patrick Chung against him. They like that show. And then it becomes down to your running back. That's why losing Hunt was a big deal because Kareem Hunt, that's why Kareem Hunt had all those big games against the Chiefs because they could wipe out Tyreek a little bit. They could wipe out Kels. They could wipe out Watkins, but they couldn't do all four. They couldn't do all four. And that's why, you know, when the Chiefs play the Patriots, expect the running backs have to have a big game. That's going to be a Damian Williams game, potentially. Uh, he's he's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kiley. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up on the other side, I want to ask Therese about Frank Clark. I want to ask Therese about how the Chiefs are going to be able to deal with this Emmanuel Ogba injury, which apparently is going to be out for the rest of the season. It was just reported a little while ago. And around the NFL and text from you guys, any questions that you may have for Therese, get them in on the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line at 69306. We'll do it all as we wrap a bow on the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. He is Therese Paler. You can find his work on Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at Therese Paler, P-A-Y-L-O-R. I am at BK Sports Talk. If you guys have any questions for Therese, please get them in. The Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line is 69306. We'll get to those coming up here in just about five minutes, ten minutes or so. Before we get to our around the NFL, Therese, I did want to ask you about some of the injuries. The biggest one, of course, was the revelation yesterday, publicly at least, that Frank Clark's been dealing with a pinched nerve since the end of training camp. He said that his fingers were going numb. He has two fingers that were going numb, and he had to take some precautions, which is obviously understandable. Is this something that kind of you had been hearing behind the scenes was what was going on? Or what what, what can you tell our listeners about what's going on with Frank Clark and how serious this is? Um, I mean, you you when you turn on a tape earlier in the year, you saw him wearing the 1995, like, sweatshirt, um, you know, in Jacksonville, right? And it looked like there was something kind of on his elbow that was protruding. That's not really what he wears so it's like okay then you watch him start playing it's like man he's really trying to man up against the run but the initial get off and the you know the just the overall juice he had rushing the passer last it wasn't that I still thought he was doing his job and I thought he just kind of round into it but it it was pretty obvious that that he wasn't like the 2018 guy we saw on tape um I just thought he kind of round into it but as the season kind of went on you saw him kind of like he it felt like he was kind of saving his best and he was like gearing up and like use it. He was basically on a pitch count. It felt like even though he was on the field, like he was saving up his spin move for like important moments. Like that's I watched a lot of Clark tape. That's not how he played really. So you could just kind of tell. And then he did show up on an injury report with like a neck. Like, so, you know, let me tell you something, guys, when a, when a player shows up on the report, it's something real. Okay. Like when a, when a player's name shows up on the report, Andy's going to tell you, hey, listen, you know, all these guys are working with him. You know, it, it, you know that's, Rick's got that. And, and Rick, look, Rick does have that, but the injuries are real. So, like, if a player you like, who we know is a good player, who the tape proves to be a good player, all of a sudden doesn't look the same. Something's wrong. 
and he shows up on that report, guess what? Even if it was on the report two weeks ago, he's probably trying to be a man and play through it. So, look, at the end of the day, man, like I, you could just tell something was wrong with him. You've been hearing, hey, you know, he's not quite, you know, but he's trying to play through it. And and the standard people hold him to, I get it, it's because he get, got paid so much money, man. I totally get that. I totally understand that. But to make people feel better, Frank has tried to play through it. Considering the circumstances, he actually has done some pretty good things. And it, and I think we talked about this a little bit off air. It's a reason to feel good about, you know, 2020, 2020. He gets the offseason to rest. He does care about football. Like, this is not okay with him. Like, the three sacks or whatever, like – he, this is going to eat at him all offseason. I'm telling you. Like, I wouldn't vouch for, like, how much he cares about football if I didn't know it to be true. I wouldn't do it. I'd just be like, hey, you know, I don't <laughs> – Chiefs got to hope for more. But I'm not saying that. Like, it really – it matters to him. I think Frank's going to be okay. Um, the question is, is he is he going to find a way to be effective enough the rest of the year to help this team on the Super Bowl push? And that's going to become even more important now because Okafor is out for the foreseeable future. Oh, we'll see you when he's back. Brutal, and this week they lost Emmanuel Ogba to a, a torn peck who was having an unbelievable contract undefeated season. contract year. He's and the poster boy. He, it, it, he's well, been great for he's them. He's been incredible. Good against the run, really good pass How about rusher. This? I'll tell you this. Saying a lot, you know, because the reviews I heard out of Cleveland weren't great. So – uh, look, he was a big – and I actually liked him in the draft. So, like, I thought that, you know, out of Oklahoma State, I thought he had a lot of ju- – I, I kind of liked him. Um, but, like, I'm just telling you, the first three years, you know, they didn't think he could play. Okay? I'm telling you that. And I talked to people there. They didn't think he could play. So, now it's the contract year. He's 26. This is the last time for a big deal. He was having it too, boy. He was having that season. Um, it's kind of funny. It actually kind of sets him up to have an opportunity to come back here on like a two-year I was about deal. To say, yeah. it's pretty, you kind of want him back, right? Like, Absolutely. Like, Oakbaugh's been great. So that, that's going to hurt this team because he's also good against the run. Yeah, so with both of those guys being out, at least for right now and then eventually Okafor hopefully coming back, how big of a blow is that in your mind to what oh, they're trying to do defensively? Oh, it's a blow. It's a blow. Um, like, I like Frank. I like... Um, Tano, who was all juice guy, it was good to see him actually kind of like fit into the scheme. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing more Chris Jones out there. You know, like let's get back to that. I think that yeah, it's a lot easier to be really good against the run, especially when you're on the edge because you just know you you got contained. He is a monster outside of the edge rusher. Six six three hundred, you're not gonna reach him. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna wall him off. You're not going to reach him. So I actually like him out there. I think I think they should really play him more. I want to see more Saunders, and I want to see more Naughty. And then if you on like passing downs, if you want to reduce Jones inside, that's fine. But I I, I kind of want to see like more of Saunders and and, and and you know Naughty and Jones and Clark as like the base unit. Last thing before we go around the NFL, in terms of Eric Fisher, um, Kendall Fuller, LDT, do you think this is the week that we see? But based on what the expectation is kind of going into the week. Is this kind of the week that they're expecting that those guys will be back? It's hard. It's so hard to tell with them because all Andy's going to say, hey, listen, you know, they're going to go to when they're ready to go, they'll go. Um, I, I know that they're not, they're not going to rush Fisher. I, I know we uh, – listen, I, I know you want him back. I, I would like it. to see him back. Yes. <laughs> BK's like, yes. He got yes, pancaked I, by a corner. BK's by a like, corner. BK's like, yes, can we please have Eric? <laughs> but I think you'll agree, though. The last thing you want to do is rush him out there against these giant guys that are big and fast, and then he gets hurt again, and then it stretches in the next year. Bring him back when he's ready to go, and he won't re-injure it. Just, you got to be disciplined. You got to be patient here.
And if it's not ready now, you've at least got the extra week. Exactly. So you got the bye right. week coming exactly. up after as well. Exactly. All right, let's go around the NFL. Let's start with one of your favorite quarterbacks to watch, that being, of course, Lamar Jackson. At this point, after what he did this week and that spin move that he used, whoo, is he the clear front runner for the MVP right now? It's a guy. It's the clear front runner is the guy who's about to play here in 30 minutes. It's Russell Wilson. Wilson, seeing his glow up has been amazing. This was a player who was – I mean, league circles, like guys were making fun of him, right? Guys were mocking him a little bit. Ex-teammates were taking little cheap shots at him. And now he's, in, you know, now he's the 21, 22 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. He's, in, he's the alpha dog on Seattle. Like, he's, he's an alpha now. It's amazing. I, I got to give him respect and credit. But, hey, Lamar's incredible as well. Um, and it's really cool to see. The most stunning matchup, the most stunning result of the weekend for me was not the Chiefs game, actually. It was the Saints getting held to nine yeah, points at home against the Falcons. It's the fewest points the Saints have scored at home under with Drew Brees as their quarterback. <laughs> They're going to be able to get back on track. You got no, yeah, wish, no worries about them? Yeah, they'll be fine. That's the that's an any given Sunday game. Um, Falcons hate the Saints. Um, and they were ready to play. Hey, listen, they they I give them credit. That team's been horrible to watch. Uh, all year, but they, they played really hard for Dan Quinn. I don't think they're going to roll over here. I think there's a five-team race happening in the AFC right now for the two final wild card spots. I think it's the Bills, the Raiders, the Colts, the Steelers, and the Titans. Bills, Raiders, Colts, Steelers, Titans. Who do you think among those teams is ultimately going to get them as of today? I think the Bills and Colts. Maybe Steelers. Those are the only teams I'm really kind of looking at. The Titans, I don't think they're very good. And the Raiders... <laughs> I think they're going to win eight games, you know, I, and that's good for them. You know, Steelers but, making the playoffs would be one hell of a comeback. They story. could do it too, you know. I, I'm not crazy about Rudolph. I mean, he's functional, he's okay, but their defense, led by you, were no, right on Minka Fitzpatrick. Hey, he is a stud. Yeah, and, and it's also Devin Bush Jr. Mm-hmm. Both those guys have the same amount of turnovers for a team that struggled to create turnovers last year, six apiece. All of a sudden, the Steelers' defense is like young and good. Have you like seen T.J. Watt? He's T.J. Really Watt good. is really, really good. good. Like. Like, he's good, good. Like, he's taking that next step. Um, so, the Steelers are going to be a problem in the future, especially if Rudolph gets better or they get, like, a better quarterback. Last question for you as we go around the NFL, and then we'll get to the text from the listeners. 69306, the protein. I'll see you with a purpose text line. 49ers or Seahawks tonight? Who you like? Uh, I'm going to go with the, the 49ers. Um I wouldn't be surprised if Russell did it again. He's the MVP front runner, but I, I feel like this is a home game for the 49ers, and uh, they got a lot to prove, man. There are a lot of people who still kind of doubt who they are. They can shut a lot of people up by playing well, you know. Um, and I, li- I still like their defense, even though if the if the Seahawks do well against them, it'll probably be because Quan Alexander's hurt. You know, with, with Alexander being out, it changes how amazing they are in nickel. It's gonna change it because he. They, they run and hit, and they do all that. So, without him out there, it might change the deal. Also, without Kittle tonight as yep. well, and that could Kittle, come back. That could be a problem. Yep. Therese, what do we have from the text line? What are, what are some of the best questions that you've seen out <laughs> Here there? Here you go. I don't understand. If you know your defense is a, wink link, is a weak link, shouldn't Andy call an offensive game plan to try to cover them? <laughs> Not saying switch up completely, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I think I understand that you have Patrick, and, God, you just want to throw. I mean, you can – He's amazing. He's so fun to see throw. I get, I get it, man. It's tough. It's tough to have a toy like that, a jewel like that, not flaunt it. I get it. But 
I'll also say this, man. The way they've been, the way they competed with the Matt Moore game plan and the fact Mahomes was just coming off the injury, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have hated seeing a more conservative um, game plan. Now, I don't think the offense obviously wasn't a reason they lost, but it, it is concerning that they go back to playing typical Patrick Mahomes, but all of a sudden the defense stinks again. Like it, it's concerning. I'm not going to lie. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kiley. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Therese, this was a good one. This was a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to Monday Night Football. It, there's not many great Monday Night Football matchups lately. This is a good one. This is it's a gonna really be good fun. one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I'm actually going to write a column off this. So I'm going to rush home and, uh, and write a column. I'm looking forward to it as well. And one week from tonight, we will not have a show because of the Monday Night Football Chiefs game. So since we have you here right now, you like the Chiefs on oh, that one yeah. in Mexico City? Yeah, yeah I do. Uh, I think I think it's an Andy Reid FU game, and they put up 35. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kiley. Make sure you get the podcast. It is 610sports.com or the radio.com app. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks on the Therese Paler Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.